And where does it come from? I mean, really, have you ever just thought about it? I don't care who you are. If you're listening to me right now, I refuse to believe that you were born with thoughts in your mind that when I grow up, I want to be a failure. I have a hard time believing that a young girl is born with the belief that when I get married, I'm going to allow myself to be abused by my husband. Neither does a young boy grow up with the thoughts in his mind that he's going to become an abuser. I refuse to believe that a young boy says, I can't wait to get a wife so I can cheat on her. Neither does a young girl say, I'm going to allow my husband to cheat on me. I have a hard time believing that a young girl or a young boy is born believing that one day I'm going to become a murderer. In fact, I believe that these defeated thoughts and action are things that we've been told, things that have been told to us, things that we've learned as a product of our surrounding or our environment. I believe that a lot of our failures come from our own experiences or emotions deep down on the inside of us that as a young child, we didn't have the capability of being able to handle. And as a child, we tried to find our safe place. But as an adult, many times when our issues resurface or we begin to experience what I call our awakening, oftentimes the past pain is so traumatizing that we are just refusing to deal with it. And instead of dealing with our own issues or our pain, we would rather keep them neatly packaged away. We put on a mask as if our lives are great, as if we are great. It's not until our past collides with our present and begin to manifest itself as failures that we would even consider addressing our past pains. For some of us, this happens again and again and again, like a cycle of never ending repeat of unfortunate events. And until we're ready and willing to deal with the nature of our true selves, we will continue to repeat this cycle. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today we will be continuing with part three of our four-part series, Change Me, O God, The Life of David. And as we will see, David allowed his past issues to become a part of his present failure. Our key scripture for this entire series is coming from Psalms, the 51st chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. Here, David is giving a prayer of repentance. Verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Let's wrap. As we continue with our journey of the life of David, 2 King, the fifth chapter, tells us that after the death of King Saul, God kept his promise to David. The Bible tells us that David was anointed as king over all of Israel. It also says that David was around about 33 years old when he became king of Israel. Now, the second Samuel, the seventh chapter, it is here that God goes on to remind David that it was he who brought David from the pasture tending to the flock to the palace, ruling over his chosen people, the house of Israel. God also goes on to remind David, it was he who cut off all his enemies that were before him. Not only that, but most importantly, it would be he who would make David's name great. And when David's days were over, the Lord said, and he was resting with his ancestors, it would also be he who would raise up David's children to succeed him. God let David know that it would be his very own flesh and blood that would build a house for the Lord. And the Lord would be his father and he would be his son. 
God went on to assure David that his children would not be treated as the previous king, King Saul. But when they did wrong, the Lord would allow them to be punished with the rod, wielded by men, with flogging inflicted by human hands. And his love would never be taken away from him like he took it away from King Saul. Neither will he ever remove them from his presence the way he removed Saul. In fact, he made a covenant with his offspring that his house and his throne would endure forever. God was granting David a peek into his future. God was revealing to David that his offspring's throne would be established forever. David was obedient to the Lord and the Lord continued to bless David in his house. The Lord gave David the victory everywhere he went. David continued to conquer his enemies with the Lord on his side, becoming famous throughout the land. The Lord was pleased with David and God allowed David to continue to triumph in the midst of his troubles. Remember when we talked about what trouble means? Remember trouble means difficulty, problems, bothered, disturbed, prey on one's mind, weighted down. No matter how much trouble David was faced with, with every difficult problem, being pursued by King Saul, being bothered, being disturbed, having being uprooted, going on the run, being preyed upon, weighted down with thoughts about his death, constantly looking over his shoulder again and again and again. But yet throughout all of David's trouble, God was still with David. Why was God still with David? Because David's heart was turned towards God and his purpose. He trusted in God and not in himself. Keep in mind that all of the things that David had endured and went through up to this point, none of these things had David caused upon himself, but these were things that were being afflicted upon David by others. Now, as we get into 2 Samuel the 11th chapter, we're about to see how David allowed his past issue to become his present failure. We're about to see how his desires and his deep-seated childhood issues led him to failure. Failure, what is failure? The omission not admission, but the omission, meaning the absence of expected or required action. In other words, falling short, failure to comply with basic rules, negligent. Second Samuel, the 11th chapter, David had abandoned or neglected his purpose as leader and king in the time of war. It is here David falls short to his lust and desires and his issues that he should have dealt with a long time ago. Now the Bible says, in the 11th chapter of 2 Samuel, it came to pass that in the springtime, during the times where the kings were out at battle, David and his servant Joab remained in Jerusalem. Now the Bible tells us that they had just experienced a great victory. It says they had destroyed the Amorites and besieged Rabbath. They had just destroyed the enemy and taken over their territory. I'm sure no doubt in David's mind, he was feeling pretty good, feeling pretty confident in himself being king, knowing that he had just overcame, knowing he had just won a great victory. He was celebrating no doubt. So he decided him and his servant that they would remain behind in Jerusalem. The Bible says that in the evening, David arose from his bed and went to his rooftop. And there on his rooftop, David encountered or saw a beautiful woman washing herself. So David, being the king, he sent to inquire of the woman. And his servants came back and they said unto the king, Is this not Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So his servants let David know that this in fact was another man's wife. Yet and still, after knowing all of this, David still sent a messenger to send for her. 
and she came in and David took her and he slept with her. Now the Bible says, after time, she sent a message back to David that as a result of the affair, she had become pregnant. So now not only had David sinned with Bathsheba, but as a result of his sin, he had now impregnated another man's wife. And what did David do? David tried to cover up his sin. He tried to cover his sin by meeting with her husband and trying to trick him to go home in hopes that he would sleep with his wife. And when that didn't work, he went as far as giving Uriah his own execution letter to carry in the heat of battle and give to his servant Joab with instructions to put Uriah on the front line in the heat of the battle, knowing very well that he might be killed. And so it was, Uriah died in the battle. Now the Bible tells us that David and Bathsheba received the news that Uriah was dead. And in the process of receiving this news, the Bible lets us know that Bathsheba mourned for her husband. But David, after the mourning process was over, David took her into his house to become his wife and she bare David a son. Now 2 Samuel 11 and 27 tells us, but the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. He displeased the Lord. David had failed to be obedient to the Lord. For the first time throughout David's childhood, growing up, David was experiencing failure. No longer was this trouble coming upon David, but this was, this was failure. Failure brought on by David's own doing. Remember, failure means falling short. Failure means failing to comply with basic rules. Failure means negligence. At this point, David failed to be obedient to the Lord. David failed to comply with basic rules. Because first of all, David should have still been out the battle. He should have never been back being the king, sitting back chilling in Jerusalem. He should have been out there on the battlefield with his men. But David failed to comply. David got confident within himself. David began to act negligent. David knew that that was another man's wife, but it didn't matter to him. The absence of expected or required action. David knew that this was not what the Lord had required of him. David was in the process of total failure. Also remember failure means omission, not admission because David had no intention of ever admitting that he had done anything. As a matter of fact, here David was going about his business, living his life, life as, a, as if he had done nothing. Just think about that thing. Here go David. He has killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. He now took Bathsheba into his own home as his wife and she's bared him a son. So now they're living this life, this pretense life that everything is just fine. Like he, like he's done nothing wrong. Now, one thing about it, man might not know what's going on, but God sees everything. And this thing, the Bible said, displeased the Lord. The Bible said this thing was evil to the Lord. Just like so many of us, many times we have the tendency to do wrong. We want to act like we ain't done nothing. We want to gloss right past it. We want to continue to go on with our life. We want to continue to serve. We don't want to deal with what's down inside. We don't want to deal with what we're going through. We don't want to deal with past issues. We don't want to deal with sin. We just want to shout over it. We just want to dance over it. But some things that's happening to us in our lives, some things that we go through in our life, we just can't dance over. You just can't shout over. We have to deal with our failures. We have to deal with our past hurts. We have to deal with our past trauma. We have to deal with things that we're trying to hide away. Now, David thought that he was going to hide this thing. Now, the Bible says 
He that hideth sin shall not prosper. There was no way God could allow David to keep this thing hidden and continue to be with him, continue to bless him, continue to prosper him. So what did God have to do? God had to come to correct David. He had to come to check David. What do you mean, Elder Walker? God had to check David. The Bible says that the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to give David a parable about two men in the city. Now Nathan the prophet began to tell David about a parable. He said, there was a rich man that had much flock and a herd, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had raised up. Now this ewe lamb was a part of the poor man's family. It became like a daughter to him. It shared his food. It drank from his cup. It even slept in his arms, just like one of his own children. And one day a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking from his own flock to prepare a meal for the traveler. Instead, what did he do? He took the poor man's little ewe lamb and prepared it not only for himself, but for all of his guests. Now the Bible says, when David heard this, David became angry against the man. Now here David is having the audacity to get indignant. He's angry against the rich man saying, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this is a son worthy of death. He shall restore four foes because he has done this and had no pity. Nathan, the prophet looked at David and said unto David, you are the man. After reading this, this just let me know that I don't care who you are. We all have some issues as great a King as David was as obedient as, as he had been up to this point to the Lord, as much as the Lord had allowed him to triumph in the midst of all his troubles, David still have failure. David still allow the issues of his past to be presented as failure in his present. I submit to you today that David's issue did not just start with Bathsheba though. What am I saying? I'm saying Bathsheba was not the cause of David's issues. David's issue, just like many of our issue have been going on since the beginning of time, since the beginning of Adam and Eve and the garden of Eden. Many of us here have been struggling just like David with those three deadly sins, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. I submit to you today that David's issue stemmed back from his childhood. The cause was not Bathsheba, but the cause was David had always had a problem with being presumptuous, meaning the spirit of pride. No doubt he had been carrying that spirit all of those years. It was just waiting on an opportune moment to be able to surface itself. Remember, presumptuous is defined as a behavior perceived as arrogant, disrespectful, transgression, the limits of what is permitted or appropriate. No doubt in our mind, we can see that David had transgressed the limits of what was permitted by God or what was appropriate. Not only that, but David was disrespectful to God in his arrogancy to think that he could get away with it. How do you think that God don't see what you've done? You might can fool man, but you can't fool God. Stay with me now because I'm going somewhere. First Samuel, the 17th chapter in the 28th verse. I'm going to show you that David had a problem from the time he was young. When David came to the battlefield to take his brother some food, he asked the question, what would be given to the man that killed this uncircumcised Philistine? Remember, we talked about this in part one and David's brother Eliab got angry and asked, why did you come here? 
No doubt he knew David had a problem with being arrogant. Although his brother responded with a condescending remark regarding the sheets first, what did he say next? He said, I know the presumption and the evilness of your heart. But what did David do? David acted like he had no idea what his brother was talking about. He said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? Oh, but there was a call, cause because Eliab saw something in David that David refused to see in himself. David refused to acknowledge or deal with his issues. Why do I say that? Because if you look back at 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter and the 28th verse around about, you'll see that when David's brother gave those remarks, David did not deny it. He just turned from Eliab and turned towards another person. And the Bible says he began to speak after that same manner. He never changed his manner of speech. He continued to have that same arrogant, prideful attitude. A lot of times other people will see in us what we cannot see in ourselves. Many times the things in our past that we think we've neatly packaged away or covered those things that we refuse to deal with, they have a way of resurfacing in our presence. So here it is. David has allowed his arrogance that should that he should have dealt with when in his past to affect his future. If not Bathsheba, then it would have been someone else. Why do I say that? Because that thing was in David's heart. He knew he had a problem. Why do I say he knew he had a problem? Because Psalms the 19th chapter, if you look at Psalms 19, 12 and 13, David right here in this Psalm is admitting in his prayer to God. He says, who can understand his errors? I'm sure he didn't understand himself at times. He says, cleanse me from my secret fault. You know, those things that we try to hide from everyone else, those things that we think that nobody else know about. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know our heart except God? It was God who knew the heart of David. It was God who saw David's sin. David knew that he had issues because David in the 13th verse, he said, Keep back your servant, O God. Keep me back also from presumptuous sin. Presumptuous sin, in other words, willfully sinning. He said, let them not have dominion over me. David knew that this thing that was down on the inside, this thing that he had neatly tucking away, this thing that he had refused to deal with all these years, it had the tendency to come back and resurface. He had the tendency to take over. And that's exactly what it did. It took over. The pride in his heart told him that he could have her. Why? Because he was a king. He didn't have to deny himself anything. Never mind the fact that she was another man's wife. The lust of the eyes when he saw how fine and how beautiful Bathsheba was, he had to have her. The flesh kicked into overdrive. There was no denying it. He was going to have her. Not only had he brought disrespect upon himself and Bathsheba and upon the kingdom, but most of all, he had disrespected God. Just like David, many times we find ourselves in a circumstance or a situation going through the same things again and again, knowing that this thing is not pleasing to God, knowing this thing is evil in the sight of the Lord, but yet we continue to go a full steam ahead. A lot of times we don't even know why we continue to do the things that we do because there's something down in the inside of us that we have not yet dealt with. But just like David found out he had to deal with his issues, so do we. We cannot allow our past issues to become our present failures. So I encourage you today, whatever you may be going through, bring it to the Lord. No matter what situation or circumstances that you found yourself in, there is nothing too hard for God. Let's pray. 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you today for this teaching, O oh Father. God, we come to you, God, asking that you would cleanse us, O oh Father, from our secret faults. You know, those things that we want to hide from others, O oh God, but they are not hidden from your sight, God. God, you know our heart. You know our thoughts from afar. Lord, we just know, God, today that we can come to you boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy today, O oh God. God, you see our heart. You know our heart that is desperately wicked, O oh God. God, we ask that you would keep us, O Father, from presumptuous sin, O God. Don't let us willfully sin against you, God. God, keep us from those things that's down in the inside that will try to have dominion over our life, O God. Help us, O God, that we will lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways that we would acknowledge you, that you would direct our path. God, begin to reveal to us, O God, those things that we have neatly packaged and tucked away, O God, those things that we have forgotten about, O God. Begin to expose, O God. Begin to bring to the light, O God, that we can come to you, God, and receive the healing that we need. Lord, we just love you. We praise you. We bless your name, for you alone are God, and we just thank you today our God, our healer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that this series on the life of David is being a blessing to your life. We want to encourage you to continue listening to the podcast. And if you have not yet went to our Facebook page to be a part of our Facebook family, we would love for you to do so. Our Facebook page is Yasha Ministry Walker. Y-A-S-H-A Ministry Walker. We thank each and every one of you who continue to listen, like, comment and share. Also, we would like for you to consider being a partner of our Less Wrap ministry. If you do follow us on the podcast, there is an option to become a patron. We would greatly appreciate any donation that you're willing to give, big or small. As I always say, the gospel is free. Unfortunately, this podcast is not, nor is the maintenance of this podcast. So if you are a faithful listener and you do enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a donation any size, great or small. As always, I am Elder Shanina Walker. We love you. God loves you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.